Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk Films. Your host is Matthew Mark Hunter. For a video version and more horror content, go to youtube.com forward slash MMH Productions. I think especially for me why I kind of avoided directing so much was I was like I don't know anything about cameras and I don't know anything about lighting and, and editing I mean I shot the whole like thing on my phone <laughs> and I had people shoot it on their phones and then if my phone died I shot some of it on my laptop <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Let's Talk Films. My name is Matthew Mark Connor, and with me we have a special guest joining us today. Joe Filipponi, the director of number nine, Nine Masks, A Cursed Narrative. Welcome, to, thank you for being here today. Of course, thank you for having me. When did you become interested in working as a film director and what influenced your decision to pursue this career or if you had other plans before directing? Um. Wow, that's interesting because I kind of just fell into film directing. Um, I'm an actor. I've been uh, an actor for almost 30 years. Um, and I always thought that if I ever went into directing or filmmaking, it would be later. It would be after um, like I was more established like an actual star an actual celebrity someone who actually has clout in in hollywood and in the business um or that it would be that directing would almost be if i ever retired from acting it would be like my retirement job um i had directed some plays uh when i was in college and i've directed a few plays um out here in la uh and never really thought about directing uh, a movie seriously. Um, I had always been told by people that I would be a really good director um, because I'm very organized. I'm very good with uh, making cast and, and crew feel like safe and that they can do their job and not having a lot of drama and stress on, on set. And I've been told by a lot of psychics have stopped me on the street and been like, oh, you're going to be a director. You're going to be a famous director, blah, blah, blah. Um, so getting into directing for Deadly Numbers and directing Nine Masks, um, I kind of just fell into it during the, the pandemic, during COVID uh, last year. I was just looking for stuff to do and looking to still be creative. And a lot of... Um, casting directors and uh filmmakers and stuff were having these little isolation quarantine film festivals and challenges so i was like well why don't i just take my phone and direct something for these people at the very least just to get myself in front of them as an actor uh, not so much as a director, since it was like, oh, casting director is, is doing this film festival, and it's a casting director I've wanted to be in front of. So my first uh, 
couple of little horror films were for a casting director called uh, uh, Tracy Bird, uh, uh, Twinkie Bird, who's who's a big casting director out here in LA. And I did two, uh, I, I, I did a horror movie for my first one, uh, which was like a minute long and then uh, a kind of political minute long thing about Black Lives Matter and COVID for her. And then um, and, uh, who was the, a really famous B B movie director from 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 the fifties. Um, oh my God, I'm I can't believe I'm blanking on on his name. He did uh, the Wasp Woman and all those wonderful. Um, I need to Google him because I love him and I cannot believe I'm I am blanking on his name on this on this inner interview and I'm gonna kick myself when I when I see Roger Corman. Uh, Roger Corman. Yes, yes. I'm like, oh my God, I I've. I've seen like all of his work and I'm, I, I was up at until 1am at a, at a movie premiere for a, another horror movie I was working on last night. Um, so he was doing it. Then Roger Corman did this, this um, COVID film festival thing. So I made a homage to all those wonderful B fifties B movies. Um, and then I was like, okay, cool. I got that out of my system. I'm never going to like direct again um <laughs> and then when the the pandemic film came came out and and uh there was talks of of the pandemic film that we were a part of i was like well this could be fun and be creative so i did that just just for the hell of it and then you posted i believe in the group about deadly numbers how you were going to do this and it intrigued me because I love the ABCs of death and I love those kinds of horror anthologies. So I was like, well, let me see if I can do something uh, for this. And it sounded interesting. And I was like, oh, it'll be easy. I can I can do this. I can I can make something that incorporates a number. So I just kind of fell into it accidentally and found out that I am kind of a good director and the actors that I worked with on Nine Masks, like every single actor loved it and had such a great experience and a beautiful experience. And, and I was very proud of, of what I did. And that was kind of my first time working with other actors and then having to schedule people together and then actually edit something big and look at all that footage and decide what goes where and how to put it together and and, and tell the story so I, I didn't know if i could do it but then seeing it and doing it i was like yeah okay maybe maybe there is something to all this talk that people have been saying for like the last you know 10 15 years of like you can direct you can be a good director you've got the eye for it i'm like maybe i should i should listen to them um especially with one of my actors who was who was in it um Charles uh, Chutabala, he he directed a movie that then I was in, and I was also working behind the scenes on that as as the AD. And he was like, "Oh, I want my shoot to be like yours, Joe, because you shoot so quick and you offer such a safe space for the actors, and it's so fun, and and we could be ourselves on your your shoot." So I want to like emulate that. And I was like, "What? Like people want to like direct like I direct? I'm just like, okay, let's go, and then hope that we get it. You know, <laughs> I'm yeah. very much." The, the the way I direct is the way that I run my life. I'm kind of like, let's just see what happens and let's just have 
fun with it and and it'll be cool we'll get something it'll work out don't stress so much <laughs> um so with even before directing you said you were an actor for about 30 years um how did that become starting and um doing it for 30 years um well i've always wanted to be an actor ever since i was little um when i was three years old i saw the wizard of oz with judy garland and um that's actually my favorite movie toto i have a feeling we're not in kansas anymore and after it was done i turned to my mom and dad and i said i i, I said that's what i want to do when i grow up and I've never wanted to do anything else. I've always, people would ask me, oh, what are you gonna do when you grow up, Joe? And I was always like, I wanna be an actor and a writer because I also love to read. Um, and so then I did my first um, play when I was six years old. I was a dancing platypus in a Christmas pageant and um, did like community theater and and student films and, and indie films in Denver where where I was born and raised. Um, and then when I was like 21, 22, I moved out here to, to LA and I've been here in Los Angeles now uh, as a full-time working actor and novelist for the last like 12, 13 years. So it's, it's crazy to think that I was like, first play was six years old and I just never had that that desire to do anything else and i never let anyone be like oh well when you grow up you're you'll find a real job it's just a phase blah blah blah. it's like i'm gonna be 35 this year and i'm still doing it and i still have that love and i'm still like no i i don't want to do anything else i i love being creative i just love being on set and working you know in any type of capacity save for first thing you look way younger than 35. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. It's 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 good genes. It's all my and and all my little like lotions and potions and creams that I that I use and 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 do that. <laughs> um. So creating um, for the number five. What was your inspiration for creating the film? And then how did you come up with the idea for creating number nine? Um. So when I got assigned number nine, I was like. Okay, what can I do? I was like hoping for like an easier number, like one or two, because I was like, oh, if it's one, I could just do something like me, you know, and just just be me. Or if it's two, I could just like use my two little stuffed animals that are in like everything I do. Um, so when I got nine, I was like, what the fuck can I do with nine? I was like, what what can I do? What can I do? And I was I was kind of going through like a lot of like brainstorming. I was like. Well, maybe I could do something where it's like just nine frames of something, or maybe I can do something where the film would just be nine minutes. But I was like, what can I do? And I was like looking around and my acting coach, Kim Hopkins, um, last year during COVID, she actually gave me a bunch of face masks. So, and I didn't know what the what to do with them where to store them so i've got them all hanging on my wall i've got all these face masks that are just hanging on my wall for decoration and i've got like some other masks too i've got like uh, you can kind of see it behind me i've got like the the purple masquerade mask that appears in in the film and i've got that devil mask and stuff like that and i've always loved masks um there's there's something about them i think when people put on a, a mask, whether it's it's um, a masquerade mask or a full face mask, 
you do see a transformation and you do see how people kind of become freer because they do have that kind of veil over them and that that anonymity so they can kind of be more themselves or or experiment or do stuff that they've always wanted to do um and then when it comes to the to like the the full masks or or even like half masks there's sometimes if people wear them long enough and you really pay attention to it it almost seems like the mask kind of becomes alive like you're almost like oh did that did the mask move or or did the mouth move or did it change its expression or whatever so I was like, well, maybe I can do something with the masks. And I actually was like counting them. And I was like, oh my God, I have more than nine masks. I was like, I can just pick the nine that I like the best that aren't like copyrighted or that aren't from a from a film production that I've worked on or or whatever. And I can just use those and maybe I can come up with something creepy. Um, and I the type of horror movies that I love, I really love Asian horror movies and I love the Asian horror movies that have to deal with curses, like a, a cursed object or someone putting a curse on someone or, or a cursed video or whatever. And I really love just going onto YouTube and looking at all those supposed like cursed videos that are from the dark web. And it's just <laughs> like, you know, like someone, uh, with a little puppet like making the puppet dance to like creepy music or just someone like eating you know a bowl of cheerio cheerios while like two people are standing over them or or whatever and then people start to speculate like oh my god was this person kidnapped is this a red room is this like where bodies are buried blah 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 so i was like let me see if i could kind of do something like that like have something that is like a cursed movie a cursed you know film whatever and and be like oh this came from the dark web this is like made from satanists this is like cultish or whatever um because i really i i didn't really want to rely on like a lot of like jump scares because i'm like i'm not at that level yet as as a director i mean i probably could do it but just with like equipment and and my own non-knowledge of effects and editing i didn't like want to fuck with that too much so i wanted to do something that would be fun and as easy as possible um and especially with covid i think that's kind of why i went into more of the like cursed not putting a story together type of thing because i was like i didn't want to have to worry about getting actors together and like oh what if one of them gets covid or what if a relative gets it and then they have to leave or what if they drop out or flake because we know like that's always what happens um so this way i was able to just film with actors either one-on-one -on -one with just me and them or i had a lot of actors that film themselves so a lot of my actors that are in the film uh even if they were here in la i just would like send them an outline or if they came up with an idea or something they always wanted to do um, they would be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'd be like, cool, go for it. And so they would film themselves and, and bring, uh, send it to me. And a lot of my actors weren't even in the state. Uh, I had a lot of out-of-state actors. I had one actress in Germany who filmed something and sent it to me. Um, so it was good that way. I was able to give a lot of my friends who wanted to be creative um, because I know everybody who was in Nine Masks. They're all my friends. They're all people that I've worked with uh, in the past or there are people who 
uh, were just starting out and wanted to get more experience uh, in movies or were feeling like, oh my God, I haven't done anything creative in a year and I'm going crazy. I need to be creative. So I, I did that to give them uh, that chance because a lot of my actors too that were in it, they had never done a movie before. I had a lot of first time actors and I had a lot of actors that had only done haunts and that were only scare actors. And I knew them from working as a scare actor in haunts. And then I, so I knew that they could bring that. And I would just tell them, I'd be like, you know, okay, just uh, pretend you're, you're in the haunt and the guests are coming through and this is the jump scare, or you've got to do something to make the guests feel uncomfortable in the haunt and they could just bring it. Um, and uh, even uh, two of my actors that are in there, Charles and and Kevin, like they had kind of specific types of characters that they had always wanted to play in a movie, but never got that chance. So I was like, okay, cool, let's do it uh, for mine. Because I shot a lot of footage. That was the the hardest thing was editing. I had so much footage that I shot. It was okay, what do I, what do I do? But it was good in the, in, in the sense that I was like, um, I'm going to release an extended short version of Nine Masks. And then I got it into my head. This is how my, my brain works. I was like, well, no one's really released a feature horror film. That's like an all cursed dark web online thing that makes no fucking sense. And I have enough footage to release a, a, a feature length. So I'm going to do that. Um, and the feature is going to have a little bit more of a story with the stuff that Kevin and Charles did to kind of like tie everything together. Okay. Um, so I'm very excited to start working on that and do that stuff and show more of the these talented actors that that I was able to to get. For the like beginning part, most part, there was like, you could tell like an outline somewhat because it started at, um, say, it started with childbirth, then we jumped to like some stuffed animal stuff, uh, people playing music, dancing scenes, and kissing scenes, uh, people yeah. crawling, animals, random stuff, more animals, and dancing. And then it just went um, basically all haywire, also. Yeah. <laughs> I know um, another comment another filmmaker said um, was that for the vibe itself, we go from all this like sexual presence in the film from somewhat in the beginning and then we jump to um, a little girl with the mask and then we go back to like the sexual um, presence as well, which is really like um, like a switch type of thing uh, for a shock factor as well for because people weren't people weren't expecting that to happen as well. Yeah. And that's really, that's, that's what I wanted. Like I wanted that shock. I wanted that unsettling um, thing. I mean, I wanted people after they got done with it to be like, what the hell did I just watch? Is this like some kind of subliminal message? Is this like, so I wanted, I, I wanted people to like kind of do their own conclusions because some of my actors and, and some people that have seen it, they've been like, oh, what are you trying to say with this movie? And I hate that question. Um, I'm like, I wasn't trying to say anything. I had like two months to make a movie and I needed to meet the deadline and I didn't know what else to do. Um, so I'm like, you know, you can, for me, I'm like, the movie can mean whatever you want. It can be like, oh, we all wear masks. We've all got all these sides of ourselves. We're always all hiding. Oh, it's like, I'm like, hey, if like 
you know, anti-maskers want to be like, oh, look, he's saying like, you know, we shouldn't wear masks and see masks are bad, whatever. God bless Mazel Tov, You can do that. By the way, for people watching this, I'm not anti-mask. <laughs> I am very much like, yes, wear your face masks so that we can continue to go out. <laughs> I know a lot of the filmmakers had um, cast and crew on sets and some bigger sets. So this question is more um, for like the in-person things, but also with um, virtual and getting different cast and crew together. Um, how would you ensure the cast and crew stay focused and productive while doing this and not sidetracking? Because um, in person, it's asking people uh, to stay focused during long hours of production. Um, but for yeah. this one, it was more stay focused while creating your content and send it to me. Um, so I can include it and then dealing with like dropouts. Um, I was very lucky in, in the fact that the people who were filming remotely, um, I knew a lot of them very personally, like they were very close friends. We've worked together. We've done a lot of stuff together. So I, I had for, so for in that group of the people who did it remotely, I was pretty confident that they weren't going to like fuck me over. Um, and they were, they, they were very cool. Um, I, I had a lot of people for the, from this immersive, um, theater group that I work for called Black Mass who were in it. Um, and a lot of them lived down in like Long Beach, Orange County, kind of far away from, from LA. It's kind of a trek to, to get up here. So to save them from having to come up, they just kind of all for a couple of days got, at one of the founders houses of black mass because they've got this amazing garage with all this stuff where they can shoot and they just shot their stuff in in their garage and they would they would schedule them so it was very COVID safe it was like okay we're gonna do yours from like you know uh 9 a.m to noon and then we've got you noon to three and then you're gonna come in at 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 this time so i trusted them and they were like uh, when that happened with that, they were like in constant communication with me. They were like, oh, you know, this actor has a question if you want it to be like this or, okay, so we're going to do this. Okay, this person is running five minutes late, but they'll be here. Okay, we shot all the footage. We're going to send it to you tomorrow if that's okay. Um, and then with the other ones that shot remotely, I mean, it was, it, it, you know, I would just like put that out there and then maybe like two weeks later or whatever, just be like, hey, how's the footage going they were like most of them were really cool like oh yeah you know I'm filming it tonight I'm gonna get it to you there um one actor who I shot with um Jacob Socialite he's a he's an actor and an artist down in Texas he's the one who had the um the 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 scissors on on his okay. face and had the the spider web mask and and you also see me on that um jacob wanted to do wanted me to be there virtually to direct him because he wasn't he was a little nervous about going there and jacob's very weird with with his art and his stuff that he puts out but he um he he had always just had that experience of just doing his own stuff and directing himself so he wanted he he wasn't sure if he could go there for someone else's project and i knew he could and and even the other stuff that we shot that didn't make this cut i mean it's brilliant um but he wanted me virtually to to direct him so i said well why don't we do it like a facebook call a facebook video call and i can include that um 
And so we shot that right here. I was here at my desk and I turned off all the lights. I wore a black uh, sweater. I had a flashlight for the light. I put my my hair over my face to give the illusion of like a little bit of a mask and that face covering. Um, and I just, I basically told him, I was like, okay, here's here's some basic ideas of what we can do, but just go for it. Whatever comes into, into your mind, your instinct, uh, do it. And so... I think we we shot for about like maybe an hour or so of just like he would he would screen record on his end and we would just go for it and then we would stop we would talk we would say okay maybe we need to redo this or no that was great let's let's do that um but the funny thing about Jacob is after we shot um he he actually got very scared um because he had never gone that fully and that deeply into something like that. And he actually said at the end when we stopped filming, he was like, I almost felt like I was possessed. He was like, cause I put on the mask and I didn't feel like myself. I felt like, oh, I can just be free and just do all this. And he was like, Joe, he's like, I'll talk to you later. He's like, I need to go smoke a cigarette and have a beer right now. He's like, because I don't know how I feel and, and all that, all that stuff. And he actually disappeared from social media for like three days because he wow. was just like, so like, for lack of a better word, he was so traumatized by what he had done and and by surprising himself that much. Um, I actually found out later for that effect with the scissors, he had put makeup on, on a pair of scissors and rubbed it across his face. But when he was doing it, he was so in the moment, he told me that he had this thing of like, oh my God, I just cut my face. I'm actually really cutting my face. This is really my blood. Like that's how into it and scared he got. So I have that reputation, actors. If you ever want to work with me, I will like make you disappear from life for like three days because I'll traumatize you so much. <laughs> and then how was taking the clips for the editing part of the filmmaking? Um, so I kind of always knew how I wanted the the film to begin. I I knew that I wanted it to begin with the birthing stuff. Um, and at first, I was only going to have Trish do it. She was the one who had the calmer birth and, and was holding the fleshlight. I was just going to have her do that. But then when Charles shot, I was like, hey, Charles, do you want to like do something really weird? Like, how weird do you want to get? And Charles is one of my best friends, so he trusts me a lot. And he was like, uh... Okay, and I was like, I want you to give birth to masks. And I didn't tell him to be like painful. He just kind of went there. Like his thing with childbirth was like actually doing it and being all painful and stuff. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I was like, I can like cut between uh, those two. And then when Kevin came and did his stuff, uh, Kevin's was like all improv. I mean, everybody's was basically improv, but all of Kevin's dialogue um, was improv and the same with when you see the extended cuts and stuff like charles's dialogue is all improv and charles and kevin have some interaction that's all improv so then um i i had just told kevin i was like hey i want you to like talk about deadly numbers and how this wasn't even supposed to be included blah 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 and then when he did that i was like okay that's the opening to my film i want it to kind of start with this to have the audience kind of be like wait what like oh great we're gonna go there it's gonna be one of these films and then go into like this birthing thing um the editing process was the most pain in the ass and the hardest thing that happened so 
I the I think I may have gotten this into you like the day it was due or like the day before it was due. I think I had like two days or something before before the hard deadline um, of like the, the end of the month. Um, so I had shot some stuff with Charles and then I was like, cool, I can edit it. It'll take like two hours and I'll be done. Nope. I went through all the footage and I didn't realize how much goddamn footage we had shot. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So I, I basically, my first pass of going through, I, I, I went through everyone's footage individually. So I, I, I broke it up into people. So I went through like all of this person's stuff and all of that person's stuff. And I kind of just wrote down my favorites that, that stuck out to me that first pass. And then I went through it again and was like, okay, this is too far out there. I don't think this is going to work for the 10 minute cut. Okay, I like this one. And then as I started just kind of piecing it together, I was like, hmm, a lot of people did kind of similar things depending on their, their skills. I was like, wow, I had a lot of dancers who just did dance stuff. I had the two guys who study yoga who did that. I had you know, the two people who played their instruments. And then I had the people whose pets got involved or like, oh, great. These people like were crawling around on the floor. So I'm like, let me try and like put that together. So it was kind of scary how almost the footage was like, no, we can go together easily. It's not going to be just like stuff that really doesn't flow good yeah. together. Um, And I think I was I, I started editing, I think it like, 8 or 9 p.m. and I didn't finish and get it sent to you. I think it was like seven in the morning. I like wow. I looked up and I was like, wow, the sun's up. <laughs> 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 so the editing was was the the, the most challenging um, thing of it. <laughs> so how do you stay fresh when your inspiration is low and you don't feel highly creative? I try to do things that I know get me creative. Like um, I'll reread a favorite book or I'll watch um, like an actor or, or a filmmaker or someone talk on YouTube about the process or I'll rewatch like a, a favorite movie or a new movie or a TV show or whatever. Um, or a lot of times what helps me is like I'll just, I'll go outside, I'll take a walk and I'll look at the people that are walking or or that are that I see out on the street and I'll just start making up like backstories about them. Um you know, I'll I'll see a like a good-looking couple and I'll be like, "Oh, I wonder how they met. I wonder how their sex life is. I wonder if they get along." And I'll just like create this whole little world for them. Um or just like I I always like to to be like the like what ifs you know it's like oh what if there is like um i don't know a dead body in the suitcase that i was given that i can't open or what if the sun didn't rise one day or um what if you know because i live right by the burbank airport you know like what if one of those planes just fell out of the sky on my street you know like what would happen then what would be people's reactions so that that seems to help me stay creative you're afraid from wizard of oz and getting into ideally what made it the film that got you into doing everything um 
I don't know. You know, a lot of people ask that. They're like, oh, what was it when you were like three years old that you're like, I want to do that? And I don't know. I don't know if it was just like the magic of it or just I I, I don't know. It's weird because it's like I'll watch it now and it's like this sounds so funny I can't believe I'm going to say this when I'm being interviewed about directing about being a horror director but like I watch The Wizard of Oz and there's parts where it's like I'm just like crying I'm like bawling and I have chills going up and down my body and I don't know why it's just like one of those things like like you you know that this is just something that touches you and and I don't know maybe maybe it's a past life thing maybe I was working in Hollywood in a past life during that or maybe I was in the Wizard of Oz in in a past life and I'm remembering that I I I, I don't know um but I just I I and especially when I'm feeling like oh maybe I should just give up maybe I should do something else like I'll just like even just watch a clip from that movie and I'm like no I'm doing what I'm supposed to do so munchkins they're laughing because I am a witch I'm Glinda, the witch of the north. <laughs> um, so where would you see yourself in five years from now? Still in California. Um, I'm actually looking to to buy property outside of LA and just come up for for work and, and for auditions. I wanna buy a place in like the Big Bear Fawnskin area because I love the woods and and I think that'd be good for me just with how creative I am just to be outside of the city and all that noise, just be around the woods, especially for, for someone who loves horror as much as I do. I'm like, oh, imagine all the things I could do there. Um, <laughs> so I see myself owning my own place and, and living there. Um, I, I see myself um, on, on a series, um, sitcom series on CBS uh, starring in it um still directing um mostly horror movies weird non-mainstream shit because i'm not mainstream and i'm i love mainstream movies but i love non-mainstream movies even more so still directing those still writing putting out more novels um yeah just kind of basically doing what i am now just maybe on a on a on a different level and and a higher level <laughs> You're saying how many people uh, want to try to do your um, directing and work with you for your strengths. Um, what would you say are some of your weaknesses in the industry? I doubt myself. Like I think everyone in this business does, and I'm sure you can you can relate to that. Um, you know, we we all suffer from imposter syndrome, and and I know I do so so much. Um, I. I always think that everything uh, that I do is going to be the last thing. Like, I'm always like, oh, this is going to be where they realize I have no talent and, and they're going to realize I don't have it anymore. You know, it's like, oh, did that? I'm never going to work again. You know, this is going to be my last audition. This is going to be that. Um, so I guess just just trusting myself more of just like, no, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And even when I was directing, um, nine masks like I would that that would come up that imposter syndrome like there'd be times when I would like message like the actors some of the actors privately and be like you know oh tell me the truth did you have fun like was this awful would if I ever asked you like hey do you want to be in a movie I'm directing would you say yes or would you say no and like all of them were like no this was so fun 
like I got to do improv and I got to do this and and it was so quick you shoot so quick I loved it like it only took like an hour blah 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 and like <laughs> you know so so just having that of like okay I can I can direct because I think especially for me why I kind of avoided directing so much was I was like I don't know anything about cameras and I don't know anything about lighting and, and editing I mean I shot the whole like thing on my phone <laughs> <laughs> and I had people shoot it on their phones. And then if my phone died, I shot some of it on my laptop. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I don't need the fancy cameras and I don't need to know about lenses and, and all that stuff. And like, hell, if I need to do that, then I can just hire a DP and, and just tell him what I want and let, you know, him kind of like focus on that, you know? Um, so yeah, my weakness is definitely not always having the confidence that I kind of portray. <laughs> So from all your experience over the years, what advice do you have for any young or expiring directors and actors who want to get started in the business? Um, just go for it. Um, do it. Uh, especially now we've seen that you can act anywhere you don't necessarily have to be in LA, especially if you're a director, you can create your own content. I mean, you know, Matthew, like how many movies have you done? And, and you're where in, in Ohio, Illinois, one, oh, one of those Ohio. middle states? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, come on, even how many projects have we done together now? And we've never met in person and I've done everything remotely from, from LA. So, um, I would just say go go for it and if you're if, if you want to be an actor um but maybe you're not sure if you want to go to to new york or la or even chicago because that's a big step do it in your hometown do it in your home state do you know contact the colleges if they have a film department they always need actors um do some community theater and you know, if, if if you love it and you're like, oh, my God, this is what I want to do, then take take a trip out to New York or take a trip out to L.A. and see if you can if if you vibe with the city um, and if if you're ready for the city. And if you're not, then just go home and do your thing there. And if you're a director, just pick up your camera, pick up your phone, pick up your laptop and just make stuff and create and post it on YouTube, post it on Vimeo, do it on TikTok, on, on Snapchat. Um, and I will say, especially with social media, don't act and don't direct to try and get likes or to try to get famous that way or to trend or go viral or whatever. Because if you're doing that and just kind of going with the trends of what's popular, you're going to get lost. You're not going to make it. But if you're doing something that speaks to you and that you really love and, and you're doing it for you, people are going to notice it and people are going to going to know who you are, you know, um, and they'll talk about you and then you'll get more work and you'll get more opportunities. So just always make sure you're doing stuff for you and doing stuff that brings you that brings you joy. Like I said, you know, earlier, I have no desire ever to direct like transformers or x-men or whatever so if i was to get offered that people may say i'm crazy i would turn them down because if the x-men or the transformers that i would direct 
and have to follow the guidelines that the studio would want, it would look like shit because it wouldn't be from me, you know? So it'd be like, oh, you know, if they want me to direct a Saw movie or something for Blumhouse or fly me over to like, you know, China and direct, you know, Chinese horror movies, then yes, it would look beautiful because that's the stuff that speaks to me and that I love and fills me and fuels my passion. So there's room for all of us, no matter what you want to do. Did you actually get tased as well? And how did that feel? <laughs> yes, um, I actually did get tased. Oh. It was it was low because his battery like died um, on there. The funny thing about tasers and me is I kind of have a high tolerance for pain. Um, so they for me with tasers, they tickle more than they hurt. So, um, and, and that's kind of why when he was going for me, I was kind of resisting because I was like, I don't want to laugh because I'm like, oh God, it's going to like, it's, it's going to make me laugh. And, and so that's why it was kind of like, we did it that way. Um, but yeah, it, for me, it doesn't hurt. Um, <laughs> even when they use powerful tasers on me for like some of the extreme haunts that I've done. Uh, this last Halloween, I was I was working as a scare actor at a haunt, and uh, the the director of the cast, the one who was in charge of all, all the cast and stuff, he loves tasing people. His name's Kevin, and he was like fascinated by me because it was like it would just tickle me. I would laugh, or he would like put it on my bare thigh, and I would just be like looking at it, like uh, okay. And one of the actors who was across the room was like. Joe, just pretend that you're in pain. I can hear the the hair like sizzle. I can smell your skin burning. Just just say ow or whatever. He, Kevin would even try to tase me like on the ass and I would just start laughing. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm I guess I'm sick. <laughs> Transitioning back to acting. Um you acted in number 20, and I know some of the other filmmakers I interviewed and talked to, they said that mm -hmm. um 20 alone that was one of the best acting in the deadly numbers film for oh, uh, really even oh, people who i text text about it they said um they're like they they asked me questions about it he's like is that what he's really doing in the beginning of 20 i said yes that's what he's doing i had ex I was, yes, <laughs> that's, that's what's happening because they, they had to verify me but yeah, they said it was real good um, acting. So um, aside from talking to the director about that, how was acting in that project for you? That was fun. Um, I got called to do number 20 very last minute. And I'm sure you're going to talk to LaBelle, right? Yeah. OK, so I'm sure when you talk to LaBelle, um, he'll tell you more about how that all came about. Um, so I I got um, the call from LaBelle and I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll I'll do it, you know. And and I was like, you can use you know my apartment and and whatever because they they were worried about like just finding locations and and stuff so last minute. So I was like, just just use my apartment. It's fine. My neighbors are used to it. Um, and then I was sent. Like the night before we were going to film, I was sent like an outline of what we wanted uh, 
from the writer from J.L. Mabrit. And so I was just kind of like reading the, the outline. Um, but LaBelle wanted a lot of improv. So there was like some lines that were written, but it was like mostly like just say action and and go. And we shot like a lot. There's there's a lot that didn't make the cut for time reasons. And I'm really sad. Because I think the stuff that didn't make the cut, I think it's even better uh, acting <laughs> than the stuff that was <laughs> that was in. But that's just me being critical of of myself. Um, so, yeah, all of that was just kind of kind of improv and when we did the the thing in 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 the beginning like i mean obviously like i'm not really like jerking yeah. off i was just like doing doing like the motions and and stuff and i was like okay i hope this doesn't like come across as like bad porn acting um <laughs> but uh it, it it was very uh safe very very comfortable um cuz when we did that stuff and when we did the the scenes with the nudity um it was just me and labelle and and we talked about like my boundaries and i have none because i've done i've done simulated sex scenes and i've done nudity and full frontal nudity in films before and i've worked as a nude model you know doing like full frontal and stuff like that so i'm very comfortable with my body and very comfortable with that and it was just like i didn't feel like the nudity or the jerk off scene was exploitive i felt like it was there for a reason uh to really show Kind of the psyche of of this guy um sorry i'm like all flustered with like the comment about the acting and in, in that because like i said it was like it, it was just all improv so i was just talking out of literally just talking out of my ass and i would just like i would i would just talk until labelle said cut and and so there's a lot of a lot of the takes it's like three and four minutes of me of me just talking about like these boys and i some of the stuff that was cut out, like I gave them names and I gave like their parents names and and was talking about like why I put them in, in whatever place I buried them and, and all that stuff. Um, but I, I what I really wanted to do with that character, because um, mostly as an actor, what I get cast in is like the the comedy, because I'm really good at comedy and and doing the quirky roles just because of you know how I look I'm like you know that quirky little character actor best friend but I've always wanted to play like that kind of like creeper and and all that stuff and and you know acting coaches in the past and and directors and stuff they've been like oh I can see you playing like a character like that like playing the the murderer the rapist the the, the child molester whatever um because I've really intense eyes and I don't really have to work on on like my intensity and stuff like that uh, but I've never gotten the the chance just because of my comedy background. So when this came along, I was like, well, this could be a way to show the industry what else I can do and show another side of me. Um, but I really wanted to. When 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 I do go into audition for like a bad guy or someone like that, I always try to bring like the empathy and, and humanize them because evil people and bad people never really believe that they're doing wrong they always think that they're doing it for the good of whatever so that's even i don't even know if the if if this part 
made the the cut but i remember like when we were filming i did like an improv of like oh i was doing like god's work and keeping them innocent and keeping them young so they never like you know would would know the the hardship of adulthood so i was like okay this guy thinks like he's doing good so that they don't have to suffer as as they get older you know um and i think that kind of upped the creep factor whereas i think if i was just to like go in and be like yeah i killed those boys and i'd do it again and blah blah, blah you know and, and kind of do like a creepier deeper voice but like i chose to do the southern i chose to like raise my voice up a little to play that sweetness and that naivety because it's like you know you even look at people like you know Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy and and you know people are always like oh they were so sweet they were so nice I never would have thought they were so good with kids you know blah 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 you know and I I think that's truly scary and that's truly evil when you've got those nice people that like that true sociopath that it's like really can't see any wrong uh so I really tried to go that way with it and it sounds like it it works oh my god like I'm I I want I want to thank all those all those filmmakers and all those people who who said those those things about that. That's really nice because <laughs> I was very nervous. I was like, oh, my God, like I have, you know, I, I not like I went full on like actor diva, but I was like, I've had like no time to prepare. This is all improv. What am I doing? What what are we going to do? And I know like you know, JL and, and Lavelle didn't have a lot of time to to prepare. And that's why I was kind of like that outline too that that I was sent from the writer um but I think just you know the concept was so interesting and and so real that it was kind of easy to get into that realm do you have any type of social media or channels people could like look at content and things yeah so I have a YouTube channel where I post stuff that I've done um you can just type in my name, uh, Joe Filipponi, or you can go to www.youtube.com slash the hip hop Joe. And then I have a Facebook fan page because my personal page I think is almost at 5,000. So you can go to facebook.com slash official Joe Filipponi. And then I'm on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's just my name, Joe Filipponi, all one word. <laughs> so I'm easy to find. Um, I like interacting with people on social media. If you message me, I'll message back. If you comment on something, I'll at the very least like it. Um, I try to, to return comments, but sometimes, you know, if there's a lot or if I'm busy, I can maybe only just give it a like or whatever. <laughs> thank you for talking with us, Joe. Um, thank you for um, taking some time out of your day to talk about the film number nine and we'll be sure to promote anything on the video as well. Awesome. Thank you. This was a lot of fun.